Hello, kids. You don't look any the worse for wear for having made it through the weekend. Looks like you all behaved yourselves. That's very good. You are to be commended. And now it's Monday and everything gets back to normal, right? So we're glad to have you come on in. This is Bob Bro. This is the best old-time radio podcast. And on Mondays, we play a comedy On Tuesdays, we play a drama. On Wednesdays, we play a mystery. On Thursdays, we play a Western. And on the weekends, we do a two-hour archive show. But on Mondays, which is what today is, we do a comedy. So we're glad to have you along. So what I would like you to do is get rid of the cares of the day, get your feet up, settle down in that big cushy chair, and get ready because we have a great comedy coming up in just a moment. Monday, Monday Can't trust that day Monday, Monday Something familiar Something peculiar Something for everyone A comedy tonight Something appealing, something appalling, something for everyone, a comedy tonight. Nothing with kings, nothing with crowns. Bring on the lovers, liars, and clowns. Ah! Situation, no complications. Nothing portentous or polite. Ready tomorrow, comedy tonight. <laughs> Hey, you might remember that last week we played an episode of The Great Gildersleeve, which was the last episode Hal Peary starred in as Throckmorton Gildersleeve. This week we are playing the first episode of The Great Gildersleeve with Willard Waterman playing Throckmorton Gildersleeve. Now you might recall we talked a little bit about it last week. Perry wanted more money. He wanted more control. Uh, he wanted to be able to sing more on the show because he was very proud of his singing voice and wanted a a musical career. But the powers that be, the Kraft Food Company, did not want to leave uh, NBC for CBS, which is what Perry wanted. And so they, they hired Willard Waterman, and it was probably the smoothest transition in the history of, of broadcast, television or radio. I mean, this was seamless. The only thing that was different about Willard Waterman in the role is he did not do the Hal Perry laugh. You know, the <laughs> he said that he felt that that was Perry's trademark and should be his exclusively. But other than that, they had apparently worked together for years and they sounded so much alike. You'll see what, what we're talking about as this comes up. So this is the first episode in the 1950-51 season, it was from September 6, 1950 on NBC, and you recall that we had talked about the previous season on The Great Gildersleeve, the 49-50 season. Marjorie and Bronco had gotten married, and uh, they had their honeymoon and all of that, 
And so now, as we get into the first show of the new season, 1950-1951, Marjorie is pregnant. And that's the name of this episode. So it's a good one. So here we go from 1950, September the 6th, The Great Gildersleeve, Marjorie is Pregnant. Has he shown up yet, Bertie? Not yet, Leroy, but he'll be here. You can count on Mr. Gillsleeve. Gosh, what a long vacation. Why doesn't he shake a leg? Well, he's coming. You can count on Mr. Gillsleeve. That's right, Bertie. He'll be here in a minute. Tonight, in the first of a new fall and winter series of Wednesday evening broadcasts, the Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of a complete line of famous quality food products. Well, it's been pretty quiet around the Great Gildersleeve's house this summer. The water commissioner has been away on a long vacation. But today, the household returned to life. Bertie, the housekeeper, swept off the welcome mat and put the leaf back in the dining room table. Yes, sir, I'm sure glad he's coming back. <laughs> this family without Miss Gillsleeve is like a hot dog with no mustard. Hey, Bertie, look! Good heavens, Leroy, what happened to your head? Got a haircut. Surprise for Uncle Mort. Keen, huh? You got no hair left. Yeah, it's a butch. Butch? With that sunburned neck and that white dome, you look like old Baldy. <laughs> yeah. Anybody heard from Uncle Ward? Nobody's gonna be here any minute. Now you go get cleaned up and help straighten up the house. We want things looking nice around here when your uncle comes. Well, holy cow, where's Marge? Why doesn't she do something? You don't need to worry about your sister. Miss Marge and Mr. Bronco's got their little apartment upstairs as neat as a pin. Mr. Bronco even cleaned out the basement. Hey, what's been going on with Marge and Bronco today? What do you mean? Well, they've been acting kind of funny. I heard a big racket upstairs this morning, and all day Bronco's been going around wearing dark glasses. What's wrong with a man wearing dark glasses? In the basement? <laughs> Don't matter to me what Mr. Bronco wears. What makes you so nosy, Leroy? You're the nosiest boy. Well, there's something going on. Oh, Bertie. Yes, Miss Marjorie? Do we have any steak in the icebox? Steak? You want to cook it? No, I need it upstairs. What you gonna do with steak upstairs? It's none of your business. You see, Bertie, you see, I told you there was something. Leroy, you hush. There's a steak in the icebox for dinner, Miss Marjorie. You can take some of that. Well, thanks, Bertie. And I need some adhesive tape. Steak and adhesive tape? What you gonna do, put the cow back together? <laughs> Here's the tape. Thanks, Bertie. What's she gonna do with that stuff? Leroy, stop being so nosy. Well, gee whiz. Somebody's at the front door. Hey, it's Uncle Mort. Oh, it's Uncle Mort. Squeeze too hard, you'll crush my cigars. <laughs> well, Bertie. Welcome home, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, thank you, Bertie. By George, it's good to be home. Back with the little family again. I'm sure glad to see you, Unc. You are? Oh, what a lovable boy. What'd you bring me? 
Great. <laughs> well, I may have a little package in my valise with your name on it. Oh, boy, you're the best uncle a kid ever had. You sure, sure. My, you sure look fine, Mr. Gilsleeve. Yes, I'm a new man, Bertie. Where'd you stay, Unc? Uh, Aspinola Hot Springs. Sulfur water, real mud baths. That must have been high-powered mud. You even look different. <laughs> well, the rest did your old uncle a lot of good, my boy. Say, where's Marjorie and Bronco? Oh, Uncle, Uncle. Uh, hello, Marjorie. Mm, little Marjorie. Oh, Uncle Morton, we've missed you so. Have you really? Well, I've missed you too, all of you. But, Unky, what have you done to yourself? Well, you look different. He's been in the mud. Espanola <laughs> Hot Springs, my dear. I feel as frisky as a colt. Well, that reminds me, where's Bronco? Uh, Bronco? Yes, Bronco. Remember the man you married? Oh, Bronco. He's upstairs. Well, tell him to come down. This is a family reunion, and he's part of the family. Bronco! Well, you see, Anki. Bronco! Oh, are you home, Mr. Gildersleeve? <laughs> Am I home? <laughs> Coming right down, Mr. Gildersleeve. Why is he wearing those dark glasses? Feeling his way down the stairs. Well, the sun is pretty bright, Anki. Sun? There's no sun in here. He's cuckoo. Leroy, you hush up. Welcome home. Glad to see you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Bronco, you're shaking hands with Bertie. <laughs> you're over here, Mr. Gildersleeve. Bronco, take off those dark glasses. Yes, sir. Holy smoke! Oh, brother, what a black eye. Bronco, what happened? What happened? Who hit you? Well, I'll tell you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, I can explain it, Anki. Bronco was lifting a suitcase down from the shelf in our closet and... Now, wait a minute. You don't have a shelf in your closet. We don't? It's as plain as the nose on your face. Old Marge slugged him. <laughs> well, you see, Mr. Gildersleeve, I was about... He was getting a suitcase down from the shelf in the garage and... The garage has been locked all the time I was away. And I had the key. Oh, well... Gee, isn't this keen? Boy, <laughs> you stop. By George, somebody in this family is trying to hide something. Yeah. What in the world have you people been doing while I was gone? Well, it's like this, Mr. Gildersleeve. I started to go down the stairs, see, and well, I... you weren't going down the stairs. Yeah, but, Marge... Now, wait. Whose black eye is this? <laughs> well, Mr. Gildersleeve, it was like this. No, it wasn't that way, Unky. Oh, for goodness sake. I turned my back for a second to take a month's vacation, and the family falls apart. Bronco, come into my study. I want to have a little talk with you. Me too? No. Okay. Now, sit down, Bronco, and let's... Oh, uh... thanks, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'll bet you had a swell time on your vacation. Oh, yes. Uh, now, Bronco, there's something going on It here. sure is fine to have you back, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, thank you, Bronco. Now, if you and Marjorie... It are... did you a lot of good, Mr. Gildersleeve. You're the picture of health. Now, wait. A man needs a vacation, Mr. Gildersleeve. And you took one. Oh. <laughs> Bronco, look me in the eye. With the one that's open. Yes, sir? Now... What happened? Mr. Gildersleeve, a fella should always tell the truth. Isn't that right? Certainly. And if a fella can't tell the truth, he shouldn't tell anything. Don't you agree, Mr. Gildersleeve? Yeah, of course. In the case of this black eye, I can't tell you the truth. <laughs> My lips are sealed. Who said so? Marjorie. <laughs> Marjorie? My wife. 
Oh, yes. Mr. Gildersleeve, someday when you get married, you'll understand. Bronco, stop talking like my grandfather. You're just a boy, just a youngster. Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve, but I've lived. (laughs) Yes, I can see that. Well, it doesn't matter to me, Bronco. I don't care what you and Marjorie do. Go your own way. I have too many other things to think about. We'll simply forget the whole thing. Yes, sir. Don't bring your troubles to me. Not even interested. Yes, sir. Now, I'm very busy, Bronco. Nothing else you want to talk to me about. You'd better run along. Thanks, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'll see you later. Oh, what a boy. I wonder if he and Marjorie are having problems. They say the first year's the hardest. Still, Marjorie couldn't have hit him hard enough to give him that black eye. I don't know, though. You can't tell about women. They can be dangerous. (laughs) I uh, think I'll slip upstairs and talk to Marjorie. Oh, what a mess. By George, I got back from that vacation just in time. Marjorie, it's me. Oh, what is it, Auntie? I'd like to talk to you. May I come in? Oh, certainly. The door isn't locked. Well, your little apartment is very attractive. Well, thank you, Unky. Yes, indeed. Well, I haven't seen you in quite a while, my dear. Everything going all right, is it? Oh, just fine, Unky. You and Bronco are happy, are you? Oh, yes, very happy. Well, good. Glad to hear it. Yes, indeed. Mm, It's none of my business, but uh, about Bronco. Has he been boxing lately? No, not that I know of. Well, not prying into your personal affairs, my dear. It's just that, uh, well, it's nothing important. Certainly doesn't matter to me. Not in the least. (laughs) Poor Unky, you're dying of curiosity. Me? Curious? Oh, Marjorie. Uncle Mort... Can you keep a secret? Why, certainly. What kind of a secret? You won't tell a soul? Of course not. All right. I'll tell you how Bronco got his black eye. Well? Well, this morning he started to run downstairs to tell Bertie and Leroy something, and I caught him by the shirt. (laughs) Poor Bronco, he tripped and bumped his nose against the banister. Oh, is that all that happened? Really? (laughs) That's all. But what was you going to tell Bertie and Leroy that made you grab him by the shirt? Well, that we're going to have a baby. Oh, isn't that silly? (laughs) You're going to have a what? A baby. A, a, a baby? A real baby? You? <laughs> oh, Bronco was so excited he was going to run out and tell everybody. Oh, Marjorie. My little Marjorie. I can't believe it. Well, it's true, Unky. A, a baby. You'll be a mother. <laughs> well, you, you mustn't tell anybody. Not anybody for a while. And nobody else knows about it? Just you and I and Bronco... And the doctor. Of course I won't tell anybody. We're going to have a baby. Our own baby. Oh, just think of it. Isn't it wonderful, Unky? Oh, Marjorie. Our own baby. All these years I've been a mother to you. Now I'll be a grandmother.
Eric Gildersleeve came home from his vacation and ran smack into a beautiful secret. Oh, little Marjorie, expecting a baby. I never anticipated that she was anticipating. <laughs> oh, it's nice of her to trust her old uncle with the secret. She was so cute about it, too. Now remember, Unky, you mustn't tell anybody, not anybody. Don't breathe it to a soul. Don't breathe it to a soul. Wonder how I can tell Peavy without breathing. <laughs> well, I can keep a secret. You can tell the water commissioner something without it leaking out. <laughs> hello, Peavy. Oh, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Vacation must have agreed with you. You're looking good. I feel good, Peavy. In fact, I'm a new man. You don't say. Yeah, yeah my head's in the clouds, Peavy. So I see. Uh, Peavy, wouldn't you like to know why I'm walking on air? Aren't you curious? Well... You're not that I'm going to tell you. After all, this is strictly a family affair. Just concerns Marjorie and Bronco. And me. <laughs> And a fourth party who, for the time being, shall be nameless. Oh, well, in that case... Now, now, Peavy, don't try to pry. You can't take it out of me. Gildersleeve, I'm not... You're pretty sly, Peavy. (laughs) But I'm not talking. I give somebody my word I don't talk. My lips are sealed. There's a leak somewhere. (laughs) But I'll uh, tell you what I can do, since you're so interested. I can give you a hint. No, I, I don't think you should do that, Mr. Gildersleeve. Now, Peavy, whose secret is this? Uh, Well, uh, how many people have you met since you heard it? Oh. Oh. Peavy, you're a fellow jolly boy, so I'll give you one guess about what's going on in our little family. What do you think of when you look up there on your shelves at all that baby oil? It's greasy. (laughs) But I make six cents a bottle on it. That's pretty slick. (laughs) Sure. Baby, you're not even interested in my secret. I'm getting out of here. Very well. But by the way, Mr. Gildersleeve, are you going to see Marjorie? Marjorie? A little later, yes. Well, will you be kind enough to give her this little prescription? A prescription? What's in it? Well, it's a pharmacist's secret. Oh? For expectant mothers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, Peavy, don't go jumping at conclusions. This prescription might not mean a thing. Marjorie could be ordering this medicine for me. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, neither would I. <laughs> Little Marjorie with a baby. Why, George, this is certainly going to be a hard secret to keep. But I'm not going to tell anybody. I think I'll stop in and see Judge Hooker. Haven't seen old Horace since my vacation. Whereas the writ of habeas corpus was obtained by the party of the first part. Lawyers, look at him, making a speech to the wastebasket. Therefore, gentlemen of the jury, my appeal to you is... Judge! Well, Gildy! Judge, what are you doing? I'm practicing my rebuttal. Just like an old goat always thinking about his rebuttal. Now, Gilda, when did you return from your vacation? Uh, just got in, Horace. Did you miss the old water commissioner? Uh, no. What? In fact, while you were away, the city water tasted much better. <laughs> All right, Judge. 
All right, you can't say anything that'll offend me today. <laughs> I feel too good. Uh, Judge? Yes, Gilda? You're a fine old friend of the family. Thank you. Marjorie and Leroy's godfather and all? Very true. Old friend, I have a very confidential secret. Oh? That I can't tell you. Oh, balderdash. Well, I have a secret too, Gilda. Guess what I have in this box. Judge, aren't you curious about my secret? <laughs> Take a look at the box, Gildy. Get your nose out of that box, horse, and listen to me. This is important. My box is important, too. Not as important as my news. Look, Gildy, a football helmet. A lawyer with a football helmet. Judge, guess what I found out when I came home. But, Gildy... Don't you want to know who it's for? Ooh, all right, tell me who it's for and then listen to my secret. It's for Marjorie's and Bronco's baby. <laughs> well, fine, I'll let you in on some... Marjorie and Bronco's baby? Of course. You knew, didn't you? Me? Why, of course. Certainly, I, I've known all along. Why, naturally. Now then, what's your secret? Secret? Don't get nosy, Judge. I don't go around telling secrets. wonder how the old judge found out. Oh, half the fun is taken out of this thing for me. Not being able to tell somebody who doesn't already know, receiving congratulations. Say, there's Floyd standing in the door of his barbershop. I don't need a haircut, but I'm going to tell somebody. Hello, Floyd. Hiya, Grandpa. Floyd! <laughs> how did you know? Don't kid yourself, Commish. I got more grapevines out than you got water mains. <laughs> Come on in and get a haircut. Well, I might get a light trim. boy. I'll just prune the bushes in the back. <laughs> now, raise up your bottom chin so I can get the sheet around you. boy. Yes, Floyd, we're expecting a blessed event. Uh, this is the most wonderful thing that ever happened to me. What's so wonderful about it? Oh. What? Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm glad to see the kids expecting. But I hate to see this happen to you. Floyd, what are you getting at? Well, don't you get the picture, Commish? It ain't been no time since you were a gay, dashing blade. But what are you now? Now? You're a grandfather. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, you've just been pushed back a generation. <laughs> Old rocking chair's got you, Gramps. <laughs> now, Floyd, just because Marjorie's having a baby doesn't make me any older. Yeah, what about that pretty little nurse you used to squire around? What do you mean, used to squire? Well, is she going to want to be seen dating a grandfather? Watch it, Floyd. When you become a grandpa, grandpa, you might as well face it. Your courting days are over. You've been turned out to pasture. Now, <laughs> oh, Floyd, I won't really be a grandfather. After all, Marjorie isn't my real daughter. She's just my niece. I haven't even been married yet. That's worse. Commish, you've been tossed out of the ball game before you come to bat. <laughs> Let me out of here. Where's my cane? I mean my hat. Who's that? It's me, Bertie. 
Oh, I didn't think it was you walking so slow, Mr. Gillsleeve. Yeah, I had a hard day, Bertie. Yes, sir. But if you knew what I just heard is going to happen around this house, you'd be kicking up your heels. Uh, what's this, Bertie? Mr. Gillsleeve, you're going to be a grandfather. No. Yes, you are. You got every reason to be kicking up your heels. You're going to be a grandfather. Now, Bertie. Let's see you kick up them heels. You got every reason to. Now, wait a minute, Bertie. Mr. Gillsleeve, you know why you got every reason to kick up your heels? Bertie. That's right. You're going to be a grandfather. (laughs) Why, George, I'm going to put a stop to this. Bertie. Bertie, come back here. Yes, sir? Bertie, now sit down. I want to have a talk with you. Yes, sir. You've got this all wrong. I'm not going to be a grandfather. You ain't? But Miss Marjorie... I know that. But I'm only Marjorie's uncle. If she has a baby, that doesn't make me a grandfather. Well, does it, Bernie? No, sir. But you've always been like a father to her. Well, that she, may be. She's been just like a daughter to you. Yeah, she has. But I'm not a grandfather. You understand that, Bertie? Yes, sir. I want everybody in town to understand it. Mr. Peavy, the judge, all of them. I'm not a grandfather. Yes, sir. Of course, if you don't want to be one, that's up to you. But all little babies needs a grandfather. They do? Miss Marjorie ain't got no father to be the grandfather. Well, no, she hasn't. And that baby's going to need a grandfather. Babies needs grandfathers to kitchy coom and bounce them on their knees. Well, I... Do have a way with babies. Of course, if you want to pass up one of life's big rewards. Rewards? Yes, sir. When a man has fine children and grandchildren around him, that's life's big reward. Well, uh... Besides, Mr. Gilson, if you're getting all of this when you're so young. Young? Well, yes, but, Bertie, nobody thinks of a grandfather as being young. Yes, they do. Look at Miss Marlene Dietrich. She's a grandmother. What do you think of her? Uh, nice. Of course, you ain't got legs like Miss Dietrich, but you don't need them. <laughs> no, no, Bertie. She's a grandma, but she don't look it. She's still lovely. Well, so am I. <laughs> Bertie, it's going to be a good life. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, Bertie, is dinner ready? Oh, hello, Unc. Hello, my boy. Uh, sit down, Leroy. I want to let you in on a little secret. Yeah? What is it? I'm going to be a grandfather. Are you kidding? No, no, I'm not. Marjorie's going to have a baby. She is? Leroy, what's the matter? I'm too young to be an uncle. (laughs) I'm too young to be a grandfather, but that's life, my boy. (laughs) That's life. you in the swing? What? Oh, yes. Come on out, my boy. What you doing? Oh, just sitting here, looking at the stars, 
Thinking? Move over. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Unc, why don't you and me go to Canada? Canada? What for? Oh, who wants to stay around here with a darned old baby? No, my boy, don't feel that way. Be a long time yet. Besides, this is going to make everybody very happy. It isn't going to make me happy. Oh, you wait and see. It'll probably be a boy. I like it the way it is right now, with just us. When the darn old baby comes, it'll all be different. It'll be baby, baby, baby. Holy cow, all you hear is baby now, and he isn't even here yet. Well, I'll tell you, my boy, you'll feel different when the little fellow gets here. Uh, there's something about a baby that's pretty wonderful. Huh. Oh, there is. Wait till Marjorie lets you hold him for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you how you do it. Yeah, I'll roll my coat up. Uh, you see? Now, this is the baby. You sort of cradle him in your arms like this. Uh, such a little fellow. New to the world. And his bright little eyes look up at you. So wide and wondering. His little feet kick the blanket away. There's his toes. Ten of them. Then one of his little hands comes up and kind of touches your cheek. And he smiles. Let me hold him, Monk. <laughs> Greg Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White, with music by Robert Armbruster. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Dick Prenna, Lillian Randolph, Earl Ross, Dick LeGrand, and Arthur Q. Bryan. This is John Easton saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Next week, be sure to hear the Ronald Coleman's and the Halls of Ivy on NBC. The Great Gildersleeve from September 6, 1950. The name of that story was Marjorie is Pregnant, and it was the very first script featuring Willard Waterman. And did you notice the salute to that? When uh, when he was just coming home, uh, Bertie and Leroy both said, uh, Gee, Unc, you look different. What have you done to yourself, Mr. Gildersleeve? You look so different. And I think even Marjorie said that. And then Peavy said, You're a new man to the great Gildersleeve, <laughs> to Throckmorton Gildersleeve. And I just thought that was kind of a fun salute and a way to acknowledge that there was a new character. But boy, you couldn't tell it by the voice. It just sounded like the same individual. You know, at the very beginning of that show, Leroy came in and said that he had a, uh, uh, or Bertie asked him what happened to his hair, and he had gotten a butch haircut. And I remember in the, in the early 50s when I was little, uh, butch haircuts were very popular for, for, for young boys, uh, and even men. A lot of men had butch haircuts. And then they had flat tops too, which was a little longer and, and sort of brushed back on the side a little bit. And I remember by the time I got into high school, butch haircuts were long gone. And I used to think to myself, they'll never come back. That's one thing that'll never come back because by that time, everyone was into the long hair and the whole hippie movement. 
And then even after that, in the 80s, you know, everybody wore the hair, men wore their hair kind of over their ears and longer in the back. And I thought, butch haircuts will never come back. Never say never. <laughs> because a lot of uh, young kids have butch haircuts now, and they have for the last 10 or 15 years, I think. So what goes around comes around. Well, that episode kind of uh, got to me a little bit. And uh, I, I just thought to go out tonight, we'd come up with a couple of songs. I've got three. And uh, every one of these will, will bring a tear to my eye. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Bob, you're a very masculine man. Why would a song bring a tear to your eye? I cry all the time. You do not. Yeah, I do. <laughs> More than any woman you've ever met. But it happens to be the truth. <laughs> really? A good book, great film, uh, a birthday card, I weep. Shut up. I'm a major no. weeper. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. I, I will, it doesn't take much to make me cry. You can ask my wife. Uh, we'll be watching a movie and she'll look over and there's tears streaming down my cheeks. But anyway, here's three songs that I thought were appropriate to the uh, storyline on tonight's Great Gildersleeve. The first one is from Paul Anka, and it was from, uh, I believe, 1973. The second one is from Trace Atkins, and that was from like 2007. So that's a newer song, a country song. And the final one is by the Kingston Trio. And on this one, you got to go all the way back to 1963. So if you don't like to listen to music, if you just turn in for the old-time radio, uh, the, the dramas and the comedies and whatnot, well, you can, you can sign off now and uh, uh, no harm, no foul. We'll see you tomorrow. But if you like to uh, cry along with me for some schmaltzy songs about uh, having a family, well, then uh, stick around. This is Bob Rowe. I'm so glad you stopped by, and I'm so glad you met me. Having my baby What a lovely way of saying how much you love me Having my baby What a lovely way of saying what you're thinking of me I can see it Your face is glowing I can see it in your eyes I'm happy and knowing That you're having my baby You're the woman I love And I love what it's doing Having my baby You're a woman in love And I love what's going through you The need inside you I see it showing Oh, the seed inside you, baby Do you feel it growing? Are you happy in knowing That you're having my baby Keep it 
going, my little one, little one? Where are you going, my baby, my own? Turn around and you're two, turn around and you're four, turn around and you're a young girl going out of the door. And petticoats, where have you gone? Turn around and you're tiny, turn around and you're grown. Turn around and you're a young wife with babes of your own. Turn around, turn around, turn around. Turn around. Young wife with babes of your own. Where are you going, my little one, little one? Where are you going? You're two, turn around and you're four, turn around and you're a young girl going 